we're going to have our first speaker come up this morning. Um, and we have a, we, this is one thing we're not going to teach on, but in Circuit Riders, we have a culture of celebration. Have you ever stepped out and followed Jesus in something, and then everybody just kind of stares at you like, And then you're kind of thinking to yourself, like, did I do something wrong? Like, I thought I was doing something good. And you're kind of trying to figure it out. One of the things we live in circuit riders is a culture of celebration. So if someone does something that we love, we're going to tell them. We're going to use our words. There's not a strong culture of affirmation and encouragement. We want this next two days to be filled with encouragement for the people around us. So... As McGarren comes up here, can we give him a round of applause? Yes! McGarren's been in Circuit Riders for two or three years now, and his subject is happy holiness. Can I see a smile from everybody this morning? Happy holiness and a clean breakup. Thank you, Derek. Can we give it up for Derek? Woo! Derek's incredible. In many ways, he's an absolute force with everything he does. But yeah, um, thank you guys so much for being here. And like he said, it's going to be short and punchy. We don't have a lot of time. So like really just lean in. You're going to get to hear from some of the most amazing communicators I've ever met in my life and, and me as well. So just like lean in and just like really engage. I feel like the Holy Spirit will have something for you in every single session. So whatever that is, whatever he drops in your lap, just write it down, take notes, Write it down and just remember it and let the Holy Spirit do a work in your heart today because I truly believe that today you will leave changed and equipped and ready to live out the radical Jesus Christianity that is modeled for us in the book of Acts. And from that, we'll, we'll see signs and wonders and fruit and revival in an entire continent and even touch the ends of the world. And so like Derek said, today I get to talk about happy holiness and repentance. And so I want to just say this is one of the greatest gifts and opportunities outside of our salvation that we can receive as Christians. But a lot of times when we talk about things like repentance and holiness, the devil likes to sneak in and try and get us with shame and condemnation that as I'm speaking about things like this that may, maybe make us a little uncomfortable or make us realize we've been living a certain way, that shame and condemnation kick in, which are not from the Lord, they're from the enemy, to get us to shut down and, and close off and put up a wall against whatever we're saying. And so before I want to get started, I just want to pray in Jesus' name that all condemnation has no space in our hearts and our minds, and it has to flee in the name of Jesus. No shame and no condemnation in anyone's hearts in Jesus' name. And so as, as we talk about this, I wanted to say one thing is that you are already secure in your position with Christ. You are so loved more than you could ever imagine, and you actually can't lose it. And you can't earn any less of it. When you were saved and you gave your life to Jesus, you were stamped and sealed with the Holy Spirit. And you cannot separate yourself. Romans says we cannot separate ourselves from that love. So get that lie also that today has to do with how much God loves me or is proud of me. That's also not true. Today is a gift for us to step into the ways of God more. And to step into the life and life abundant that Jesus promises. Because that's what a holy life is all about. And so think of it this way. Living a holy life, stepping into holiness, repenting, is actually an opportunity to live more like heaven today on earth, which is a crazy reality that we don't have to wait for eternity to live in heaven. We can get little pieces of it and get closer and closer to it today. 
And I know every single one of us, you're here. You paid money to be here. We're all giving so much time and energy. We're all probably tired already, and we're going to get more and more tired, but the Holy Spirit's going to give us grace. And so just lean in, and this is what we all want. This is what we all came here for. And so before I keep going, I want to talk about the biggest lie that combats a holy life, I think, in our generation. And we've all experienced it in so many different things, but it's the fear of missing out. It's this lie that, that we believe sometimes that the church even tries to tell us or our parents or our family because they've experienced a different Christianity or social media tells us that if we follow Jesus too radically, too early or too young, we'll miss out on what life's really about. That if you give your college years to Jesus, you'll miss out on the parties and the fun and all the stuff that you can do while you're there. Follow Jesus more serious later. Like just do enough to get heaven and that's all you need. But that's a lie. You see, following Jesus and living a holy life is the best way to live ever. Like all that the world really has to offer may seem pleasurable in a moment. It may offer a moment of feeling good and, and laughing and enjoying yourself, but where do you wake up the next morning? More empty than before, never satisfied, always longing for the next high, but a holy life can actually, it can conquer and, and give us our, strong, our deepest desires. You see, we're so easily, we're so fickle as humans, we forget everything we received in Christ, and we have these temptations and strong desires that come up, and, and sometimes our flesh is weak, and we give in to strong desires, but Jesus, through a holy life, actually wants to fulfill your deepest desires, the longing in your heart to live with him and in communion with him. It's that, it's that tension of how we can walk down the, the aisle at the, the grocery marts. I'm not sure if you have with a magazine of the six-pack six pack abs on one side and then the chocolate cake magazine on the other side. And you're like, oh, like, well, I really want to look like that, like deep down, but like that looks really good right now. You see, that's the strong desires. We have to learn to go after our deepest desires, which is Jesus. And it's only found in a life of holiness. You see, following Jesus, a lot of times, I think we even play into this lie. You see, Andy Bird, one of our leaders and circuit riders in, in, in YWAM, said this a few years back at a training school just like this. He said that so many times we actually, we embellish what we have to give up, and we minimize what we've been given. We talk about, like, it's so hard to give up things for Jesus, and it's not. Like, oh, you mean I have to give up my depression for joy? Or my anxiety for peace? Like, oh, that's so hard to give up. No, it's not, you guys. It's the best life we could ever live. Like, imagine if someone came to you and was like, and you've been driving a golf cart every day to school. That's your car. It's literally a golf cart. It gets like 12 miles on a charge, and you have to charge it halfway through. And your father comes to you, and he says, I want to give you a Lamborghini to drive every day. And you imagine if you said to him, but what about my golf cart? Oh, and I love my golf cart. Okay, I guess I'll take it for a moment. I'll take the Lamborghini for a test drive. And then you get home and your friends are like, hey, let's take the golf cart out for a spin. And you're like, that was pretty fun the last time I did it. I've got this Lambo now, but maybe I'll come back to it later. Let's go for another spin. And we slip back into our old ways. You guys, it's no sacrifice at all to give up anything that Jesus asked us to give up. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the creator of the universe, and we get life with him. And all we have to do is give up a golf cart for, like, the best car we could ever imagine, the best life we could ever have. It's no sacrifice at all to live a happy, holy life. A lot of times we think of, like, holiness talks as, like, a beat down, like, oh, empty yourself, empty your life. You don't get any enjoyment. It's the complete opposite. It's life and life to the full. That's what Jesus means when he says, I've came to give life and life abundant, but the enemy has come to steal and destroy. 
this is good, guys. This is the best way to live. And I know we all are hungry for this. We're all living this already. So today is just an opportunity to take one step closer, maybe. Maybe there's something. It doesn't have to be outright sin. Maybe there's things you're struggling with. But maybe it's just like, I've been living with less faith. I want, to get, I, I want more faith. I want to get rid of unbelief. You guys, we get to live a lifestyle of repentance and of holiness. And there's no end to it. Like, we can run after it forever. You'll, one day you'll get to heaven and it'll be complete. Jesus will finish the work. But while we're here, there's literally no end. And so I want to talk about, at least in America, I'm sure it's here too, that there's this gospel that goes around that says that, well, we can have this, this Jesus and gospel. That says you can have Jesus and your sin. Like, I can have Jesus and live kind of holy most of the time, but I can still hold on to this little pet sin I have. Like, yeah, I can still toe the line with sin, you know? Like, oh, it's not that bad, you know? It says Jesus and, but guys, there's no such thing as a Jesus and gospel. Derek said last night, Jesus either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. There's no Jesus and gospel. It's giving everything. It's picking up our cross and denying ourselves. And a lot of times, yes, it's hard and there's things that come against us and there's persecution and suffering alongside it, but it's the best life we could ever live. And it's the only life that gives us joy. And if I'm going to talk about some things today. I'm just going to call them out, super simple, straightforward. And, and just if it hits you, it hits you. If you know you need to repent of it, we're going to repent of it all together. We all have things we need to repent of. But if at any point when I'm talking about any of these things, if the question in your mind starts to rumble of like, well, yeah, but like, where's the line? How close can I get? Like, like with drunkenness, like, oh, like, well, I can have a few, right? I can get buzzed still, but, but I'm not drunk. So I'm okay. The Bible says don't be drunk. No, the Bible says be of sober mind. You see, that's the wrong, if that question comes in, that's the enemy trying to keep you as close as he can to himself and as far away from Jesus as possible. See, when we get to know Jesus, we get to live a life, we get to go into the throne room. Imagine if you had that question in your mind all the time while you're in the throne room where it's like, there's the throne and here's the doorway in and, and through repentance we step in, it's the doorway into this holy life. And, we're, and we have two options. We can either get as close as we want to the throne. We can see Jesus face to face, live literally wrapped in his arms or we can say, yeah, but where's the line? The door's right here. I'm just going to, like, knock on the throne room. Come in. We're allowed to come in. But I'm just going to stand at the door like, I can still see him. I'm still good. I can still see the throne. I'm still inside. But, like, but I want to be close to the doorway in case, you know, my friends go out and I want to, like, peek outside the throne room for a moment. Imagine if we, let's, like, guys, that's how we live sometimes with sin in our lives. We're like, yeah, I just want to stand right here, you know, like, I, I'm in. God's omniscient, he's omnipresent, like, he's everywhere, he's always here, like, no, 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 we can get closer. A.W. Tozer says this quote, that every man, every woman is as holy as he wants to be. So how holy do we want to be? Do we want to be the Christians that they're like, yeah, they look 90% like the world and 10% different, or do we want people to look at our lives and be like, like Derek said, I was like, you're crazy, you gave up everything to follow Jesus, and you're like, yeah, and I'm literally sitting on his lap in the throne room. Meanwhile, most Christians, so many of us, we struggle, and they're standing at the doorway, not even sure if they can go any closer, because they want, the Bible says we, we want to sin, that's what leads us to sin, and we stand at the door, and we, we lean out, and we lean back in, and we lean out. No, run to the throne. And so keep that in mind as we talk about these things. I'm just going to name them off super short. We don't have a lot of time, and if it hits with you, if God starts moving your heart, let him. But remember, no condemnation, no shame. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. It's not about how much God loves us. It's about realizing that we get to take one step closer in the throne room. It's about realizing that we get to take one step closer to Jesus. What a gift. What an opportunity to realize that we can come closer, that there's more of him to see. So let's talk about some things.
Because the world likes to make some excuses for things or be like, oh, it's not that bad. Like, it's okay. But the farther we get, the farther we give in, the, the further we get, because we'll start compromising more and more and more, little at a time, saying it's not that bad. And then all of a sudden we'll realize we're outside the throne room. And we're longing, our life is empty. If you're wondering why you're so unfulfilled, if you're unfulfilled in your Christian life, I want to submit to you that maybe it's because you're, you're not living all the way in. That you're trying to toe the line, because that, that's the worst place to be. Lukewarm, spits you out of his mouth, towing the line in two boats, you'll just you'll end up, you need to get in the boat and just run after him and give up everything. We get to do this, guys. So let's talk about it. Witchcraft and astrology and horoscopes. Guys, those are straight up demonic. There is no excuse for a Christian to have anything to do with them. Don't read them. Don't give in to them. Crystals, oh, it's okay, a little bit, a little bit here and there. You know, I just like, they're fun to read. No. They are literally demonic, and they are stealing your holiness, and they're stealing your life and life abundant. We have to get rid of them. There is no place in the Christian life for them. Another one that's super, maybe controversial, I don't know where you stand, but I know where the Bible stands on it. Horror movies and inappropriate TV shows, sitcoms that all they joke about, the entire humor is sexual innuendos. Guys, there's no place for that. We can't have that in our, we can't feed our soul with that. We, we watch horror movies, we expose ourselves to murder and violence and death and horrible things that are clearly from the devil. And then we wonder why we go into our quiet time and we're distracted and our heart feels numb and we can't spend time with Jesus. We're numbing our hearts constantly with movies and TV shows that the world says, well, at least there's no like nudity or sex scenes in it. Yeah, they, they may cuss a few times and it's not super appropriate. Would you watch it with Jesus next to you? You think Jesus would be like, let's turn on the conjuring, you guys. Run from it. Don't even try and fight it. Like, stand firm in your faith and say, no. There's no place. And don't even get me started on, on the music that we listen to. The music that is so violent, full of drugs and rape and money and sex and adultery and immorality. And we just listen to it. We're like, I like the beat. I don't, I don't, the lyrics, I know they're bad, but I love the beat. I'm a beat guy, you know, like, I love rap. No, no, go, go 30 days of listening to just worship music, just Jesus music, and see what your relationship with Jesus starts to look like. See how your soul starts to come alive as you live a happy, holy life. A couple other things are, are drugs and getting drunk, you guys. Guys, there's no place for it. Oh, God made it. Be sober-minded. Listen to the scriptures. Let them dominate your life. Let the reality of heaven come alive in your soul and in your life and live it out. But my friends, it's, I like to contextualize with my friends. My friends go out on the weekend. How am I supposed to be a witness to them if I don't go and party with them? Oh, but they'll see me drinking one beer, and they'll be like, wow, you only drink one beer. What's up? And then I get to share the gospel with them. Just be bold. Guys, Peter, Paul, Jesus, they all preached the same message of, of repent, turn from your sin. Don't just, don't just play with it and keep it around and use it as an excuse. Jesus wasn't a friend of sinners because he, he excused their lifestyle. He was a friend of sinners because he was so holy and so perfect and so pure that, that sinners were drawn to him. He wasn't making an excuse for him to hang out with people that are going to make him not holy. He, they were drawn to him by his love and by his truth. And there's grace and truth, and he's full of it. Guys, live like Jesus. 
and the, the hungry will be drawn to you. You don't have to excuse things. You don't have to step on the line to get people to hear the gospel. When we do that, we actually lose all our witness because they'll look at us and be like, you were at the same place I was. Why, do, why, why would I do anything different if you're doing the same thing as me? We lose our witness. Happy, happy, happy holiness. The last one, I'm sure you've all heard so much about it, so common, it's sexual immorality in every way, shape, and form. Pornography, sleeping with your boyfriend or girlfriend, all of it. You guys, don't even try and toe the line. Don't even ask the question of, well, how far is too far? Just say, how holy can I be? How happy in my holiness can I be? How can this relationship honor God the most? But I want to show him I love him. Then honor them, respect them, show them that you see them as a daughter or a son of God and you want to respect their purity and you want to follow God's commands and live in it. You don't even want to tempt yourself. There's a, there's a scripture in the Bible that says someone, because they didn't walk down the right street corner, they ended up in the adulterous woman's bed. Know your street corners, guys. Any of these things, what are you struggling with? Don't even go. You see the street corner? Don't take the next street over. Take the next mile over. Get as far from it as you can, especially with sexual immorality. It is killing our generation, and there's no place for it. It fuels human trafficking, and there's no place for it, you guys. The Bible does not say fight sexual immorality. It says flee from it. Run from it. You don't stand a chance on your own. Your flesh is so weak. Our flesh is so weak, we have to run from it. Run towards holiness. Remember, there's no, there's no condemnation in this. Let, let the sweet conviction of Jesus saying, I want you closer to me, be like, oh, he loves me so much that he wants me closer. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've been doing, what we were doing last week, and he wants, he wants you closer. Oh, what a gift to live in heaven today on earth. You guys, repentance, repentance, what we're going to go into in a little bit here and now is, is the doorway to this happy, holy life. How do we live a happy holy life? The doorway into it is repentance. But imagine when you step in the doorway, we treat sin this way sometimes. We step in the doorway and then we leave the door open. In case we want to look back at what our friends are doing on the weekends, we step into repentance, into this new kingdom. Guys, there's two kingdoms you can live in, only two. There's not three, there's not a middle ground, there's no fence line. We've all heard it. the devil owns the fence. If we're standing on the fence, we're owned by the devil. So we, we need to, we can step, we can live in the kingdom of darkness, full of death. It's literally just death and darkness. That's all it is. Or we can, through the doorway of repentance, step into the kingdom of light and of heaven on earth today. And we can slam the door shut and then the kingdom is endless and we can run forever as far from the door as possible. But so often we like to stand in the doorway and look at what our friends are doing on the weekend. Look at our old life because it's comfortable sometimes. Our sin makes us comfortable. We're used to it. We've been struggling for years and we don't know what life would be like without it. You guys, life is better without it. It's, Taste and see that the Lord is good. What he has for you in a happy, holy life is so good. Close the door because freedom is real. You don't, there's a lie that says you're always going to struggle with this sin. It's never going to be totally gone. You're always going to have to like fall back in. And yes, we'll always have to live a lifestyle of repentance, but we will not always have to struggle with the same sins that are keeping us bound. And if you are, if you're in that right now, you're wondering, why can't I beat this? Maybe, just maybe, I'm not saying you are, but maybe you stepped into the door of repentance so many times that you've never shut the door behind you and run from it. You've left the door open just in case you want to fall back in a moment of weakness. Because you know that Jesus will open the door again, which is true, but that is abusing his grace. By no means shall we continue on sinning. You see, this doorway is a good analogy for repentance, but we have a, I think we have a, maybe a better one, more fun one, maybe more relatable for sure, called clean breakup for repentance. 
You see, a lot of times, this is how it goes. We, we treat our, our sin like a, like a toxic or ex-boyfriend or girlfriend. And so to illustrate this, I want to tell a story about a friend. I'm sure maybe you've been it. Don't, it's okay if you have. We've all been there. But, or maybe you have a friend that you're like, they keep going back to the same. One day they break up, and so, you're like, yes, praise the Lord. And the next day, they're back together. Like the interceding finally pays off. They're finally free from this manipulative, toxic relationship. And then you drop them off at home after celebrating with ice cream that they're finally broken up. They're free from the toxic ex. You go to sleep. You wake up, and they text you. Johnny came over last night. He said he'd be different this time. I think we're going to make it work. I think it's going to be okay. And you're like, ah, no, no, why? And you're like, ah, but you love him. So you're like, no. I was kidding. So there's a story. I had a really good friend. Uh, she was my next door neighbor growing up in high school. Super good friend in my, in my friend group. It was a bunch of us, huge friend group. But she was dating a guy that was outside of our friend group. And all of us were like, well, we're going to try and love him and be friends with him. But there's a reason he wasn't in our friend group. He, he was not a good guy for anyone to be dating. Like, the Lord loves him. He's, he's, amen, like, pray for him so many times. But, like, just reality, like, no. You know what I mean? Like, there's no question about it. There's no excuse for it. But so we worked on her all the time to try to get, like, realize your worth, realize your value, realize how loved you are. You don't have to put up with this. You don't have to deal with this. Like, there's so much more for you to deserve better than this. And all the time and just never worked out back and forth fighting. It literally was so toxic and manipulative, like, to the point of, like, I'm not even kidding, like, stuff I don't even want to mention because it was just so manipulative. It's, like, horrendous and makes your skin crawl, the things that he would do. And we're like, how do you not realize you can just leave him? And she's like, but he, but, but he loves me, but I love him. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. If, you are, if you're in that relationship right now, get out. Just, if you have a friend that's in that text, and say, get out. You see, so there was a summer, we all hung out a lot, and we finally, like, something finally shifted. She finally started, like, pursuing the Lord and getting her occupation, and she, and she ended things with them. She told us she cut things off. We're like, we about threw a party just for this. It was the best couple weeks of, of summer ever. She's, like, finally being herself again, full of life again. And one day in the summer, we go over to her house to have a bonfire. All the guys, all the girls come up. We knock on the door. We step in, and the moment we step in, guess who's sitting on the couch? We, and like, she didn't tell us. So we're like, what? And we all are like, oh, we like left later that night and we all were together like, what just happened? Why did she do that? Guys, that's how we treat sin so often in our lives. Guys, that's a messy breakup, but there's a better way. It's a clean breakup with sin. Cut it off, run from it. You don't have to go back from it. There's no hold. Your freedom has been purchased with Christ. He paid for it. It's free. And you just have to believe and live in that truth and that freedom. And so, so how, how do we step in to this, this clean breakup? How do we cut sin off and get rid of it? One thing for sure, this isn't a part of the four R's, the very practical things we have for you. But one thing is for certain that we have to take responsibility for our sin. I know we all have trauma. I know we all have things in our past that have hurt us and made us weak to these sins. And there's generational things. And maybe you're exposed to something at a young age and you shouldn't have been. And amen, that's a trauma. You absolutely do not deserve the things that have happened to you. But there comes a point where our reaction to those things actually becomes sinful because we agree with them and we step into a life with them. So we need to take responsibility. Even if you don't understand that it was your fault, just say, I have been living a life of sin and I am ready to take responsibility and cut it off. 
And so we do that. It's so simple. Jesus never makes anything complicated to, to live with him because he's a good father and he wants to be with you. It's the four R's of repentance. So the first one is repent. You can do this at any time with anything. You repent, and you turn from your sin, you recognize you've been living one way, and you turn and live the other way. You repent, you say you're sorry, and you, you run after Jesus. You stop living that way. It doesn't have to always be blatant sin, but a lot of times it is, and we have to run after Jesus. And then next, we receive forgiveness, because it's already purchased, it's already paid for, it's already free. Receive its forgiveness, it's free for you. It's already there. He's already forgiven, he's already paid for it. And then we rebuke the enemy, which is the most fun part. We get to kick the devil out of our lives. And in Jesus' name, it's the most powerful name on earth. And then lastly, we forget about this one a lot. It's replace. We get to replace the lies that the enemy was speaking over us that we believed and agreed with and step into the truth of the reality of the world and of heaven and live like that today. And so I want you guys to repeat after me. Ready? Repent. Repent. Receive. Receive. Rebuke. Rebuke. And replace. And it's that simple, guys. And I want you guys to remember those and write those down because it's not just for you. You're all leaders. You're all going to impact your communities, your friend groups, your family. Take it home. Many people don't have this understanding of repentance and they are so confused about what to do with sin in their lives. It's this easy. Repent, receive, rebuke, replace. Boom. Done. Repent. Turn. Go. Run into the kingdom of God. And so we're going to do a little activation today. As I wrap up, I probably went long. I have no idea what time it is. But... You guys, so together in our small group, we're going to do a, sort of a two-style activation. Because as I was talking, I believe that for so many of us, for a lot of us, maybe all of us, the Lord brought something to our mind. The Holy Spirit started to speak a sweet conviction of something he wants you to get rid of. Maybe it's a sin you've been struggling with. Maybe it's a relationship you've been coddling. Maybe it's something you've been doing and, and getting into, like, one of the things I've mentioned earlier. Or maybe it's just, like, You've been spending too much time on your phone and being distracted, and the Holy Spirit's like, you need to get rid of that thing for a month. Get a flip phone for a month. What are you going to miss out on? Your friend's Instagram post? For more of Jesus? Like, amen. Do whatever you need to do. Whatever the Holy Spirit's convicting you of, we need to repent of what, the way we were living and take a practical action step today to step into freedom, into a happy, happy, holy life. So I'm serious. Like, today, we're going to give you a couple minutes Write whatever practical action step the Holy Spirit's reminding you to do. Some of you might need to literally, before you leave today or during lunch, make a phone call. Or you might need to delete some things off your phone that always draw you back into that old lifestyle. Or you might need to block a number or delete an app or do something. Whatever you need to do before you leave today, do it. Because if you don't do it today as the Holy Spirit's convicting you, you'll kind of sear your conscience to it a little bit and put it off. And then you'll get home and you'll be like, wow, I've I could do it today, but I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap today. I'm going to rest. And then you're going to get back into things of life. And then before you know it, you're, you're where you really didn't want to be again. So whatever practical action step you can take, if you can do it in a couple minutes, do it now. But we're also going to just repent all together. Even if we haven't struggled with things, we're going to stand together and just four are the crap, sorry, out of these things together. Of just anyway, we're just going to, we're, it's between you and God. It's not between your small groups. So just whatever you need to repent of, out loud. If you need to tell someone today, please tell someone. If you need to pull a circuit rider staff aside and just pray with them, then do that. Because there's, there's healing when we confess our sins to one another, the Bible says. You're forgiven, but you're healed at the confession to your brother and at the prayer with your brother. That's where the healing happens. That's a lot of times what we're missing in our repentance is that because we, we, we know we're forgiven, but our conscience isn't strong enough to like really believe it. Even if we know it's true, a lot of times we, we're, we're guys, we need each other. We need a brother or a sister to pull us in and be like, you, you are forgiven and speak life over us. And so if you need to pull someone aside and talk to them, please do that.
But then so in your small groups, small group leaders facilitate the moment. You all know exactly what to do. We're just going to lead through a moment of the four R's of all the things we mentioned. Name them off if you have to. I'll, I'll say them again right now, just the things we talked about today. And if there's anything else you feel, we're going to do more repentance today for sure and just step into more happy holiness. But witchcraft, astrology, horoscopes, horror movies, inappropriate TV shows, music, drugs, drunkenness, sexual immorality, all of it. We're just going to repent of it. You don't have to name them all off individually. Just say any way we've been living a life of sin or uh, less holiness than we need to. And so now in your small groups, you guys can turn back in. I'm done talking. You guys, thank you so much for listening, for being so engaged. And just let's go after this together. <laughs>